0: So we've been in a teaching series called Overjoy, looking at uh, Luke's birth narrative, the the story of Jesus' birth out of Luke. And and today I just wanna start uh, by talking about music. Um, Do you ever have that moment where like, just uncontrollably, without even thinking about it, you just burst into song? So every uh, so, my family is from Alabama, and so we're driving south on sixty-five all the time. And every time we 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 cross the border from Tennessee into Alabama, and it says "Welcome to the state of Alabama." What does my family break out and sing in? (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's easy. Like it's nobody has to. We didn't write it down. We don't have to plan it. It just happens, right? Like it just you know it just comes out of us. You have those moments. Uh, we uh, uh at, at our house uh, we have we have the elf on the shelf but our elf hides the uh, Jesus from our nativity scene so the elf points to the real hides the true meaning of Christmas and so uh we we're like and so we we're in that every parent you know like oh where do we hide this thing holy cow like and uh, our son Canon he's got this little like trampoline thing and uh, this is a horrible idea for my son like I don't know if you all know him but I don't know where how he got this thing, but he's got this little trampoline thing. And uh, he goes and he bounces on it and he jumps on it. And uh, and so we took baby Jesus or, or Chippy or Elf, hid baby Jesus on the little trampoline. And, and as soon as uh, my wife and I hid baby Jesus on this jumping thing, all that went into our head was jumping Jesus, my oh my. You guys know this? What's the next line? Something about a bottle of sunshine, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody knows that part, but... If you've ever had that moment where you just you just burst into song, um, like uh, uh, I could give you a lyric like "I want to rock and roll all night," and what? <laughs> See, like you weren't even thinking about that, but you knew, like like that cue just instantly took you to that place. Uh, it's Tennessee, so like if we started singing "Rocky Top," like you know what I'm saying? Like like it would just come out of you. It just it bubbles to the to the surface. Uh like uh, uh I don't know, like Bob Marley songs. One heart, one love. You know what I'm saying? That's a that's pretty good singing right there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, clearly. You know what I'm saying? Like uh if you've ever been in that place where where song just comes out. Like like it, it through a situation or something like it it's crazy how how we're kind of wired, we have these triggers. It could be a lyric or a verse or situation. If you know what that feels like, then you know what Mary feels in the nativity scene that Luke uh, describes. You get this picture. Uh, our worship team are, are the worst about it. If you come in here to worship practice, man, it takes nothing for them to get off on a tangent song. It takes nothing. Like, psh, uh, or if you've been around, I know Philip isn't here today. Uh, his mom is actually in the hospital, so uh, be praying for them. But but if you've been around Philip for more than five seconds, you have heard him break into song about something because he just can't help himself, and he'll probably dance too. So he's got issues. Um, but if you know what it feels like just to, to just completely break into song, then, then you have some picture of what Luke does in, the, in his nativity, nativity story. Last week we talked about this, uh, uh, the angel coming and speaking to Mary. Mary and Elizabeth meet up in a nameless town. And if you guys remember the story very well, Mary and uh, Elizabeth are both uh, miraculously pregnant. And when Mary goes to visit her relative Elizabeth, as soon as Mary's voice enters into the house of Elizabeth, what happens? The child inside of Elizabeth leaps for what? Joy. And in that moment, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth just pours out of her. Out of her it just comes out of her. She can't even control it. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of the loom. Right? No. <laughs> These are the jokes, people. Sorry. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then what happens next? You guys remember? Elizabeth says, Mary, you're blessed because you believe that what God said would come true for you. And then what happens next actually happens three times in Luke's telling of the nativity. Mary, just completely, uh, 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 without consciously thinking about it, Something begins to bubble up inside of her. She can't hold it any longer. And filled with, with all the power and the emotion of that moment, she spontaneously breaks out into song. And it's not Sweet Home Alabama, and it's not I want to rock and roll all night. But she breaks out in a song of, of another woman who, who God had promised a miraculous birth. If you know the story of Hannah, then Mary's song will sound very familiar. Let's look at it together. Here's what Mary sings. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me, what's the word? Blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he's done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He's scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children, forever. Do you ever have this sense that... uh, that things in our world just just aren't quite right. You ever have that sense? Um, like you uh, you you uh, you drive through the the fast food window. You're at the fast food restaurant, and you drive up to the window, and you take your order, and you you get home, and you open your order, and it's not right. Right, man, there's something wrong with the world. Or uh, or like um, when you're you're. Have you ever seen how headphones, like the cables on headphones get like so knotted up? It's like, it's like, how did this happen? And you think, man, there is something wrong with our world. You ever had this moment? Maybe it's been deeper than, uh, than those injustices. Do you guys have a sense of, of injustices in our world? Do you have a sense that uh, sometimes things... Just aren't quite right. Um, Maybe it's uh, the when you think about the salaries of women and men here in the US feel like that's pretty fair and even or do you have a sense that something's not quite right? Um, It made me think about when I was thinking of injustices it, it made me think of teacher salaries like I, I know like there's, there's a lot of like athletes and actors and how does an actor who gets paid to pretend to be somebody they're not get paid more than a teacher? Does this seem right to you? Like, like it just seems, well, teachers in here, amen. You know, and, and, and I'm not trying to make a, a political statement one way or another, but it, but it seems like uh, education should should be available to everybody. And and I'm actually okay with healthcare for everybody. I think that that seems like a good and noble thing. Speaking of injustices, uh, so I've been to all the hospitals in this area, I think. Uh, by virtue of my position, I get to go and visit lots of folks in the hospital. And uh, uh, the one hospital you don't wanna go to in our area is the VA. That doesn't seem right, does it? I know uh, there are cries about um, racism. What about you? You see injustices in our world. Do you have those moments of man? This just doesn't. Something about this just doesn't doesn't feel quite right. We just talked about water filtration buckets. It it seems crazy to me that. Uh, that, that there are people in our world that don't have access to clean water or or enough food to feed their children it, it seems crazy to me that that there are 147 million orphans worldwide that doesn't seem right i saw this uh i saw this cartoon um, go ahead stephen there it is as I was thinking about injustices, it, it just simply says there's so much poverty and misery and injustice in the world, and it's such hard work to ignore it all. Well, that doesn't seem right either. You know that uh, that that maybe when I said, "Hey, what are what are some injustices that you see that you know if." if if you had to stop and think, like, oh man, I don't know, nothing really comes to mind. Then, then, then that doesn't seem right either. That how did we become so kind of jaded or isolated from from the needs and the hurts and the the things that are that are happening in our world? Like, like I, I think what happens a lot of time, and in, in, man, I'm really trying not to be political at all, but like what happens in our media completely distorts things, and so we don't know. And and so like. I, that doesn't seem right to me. Like, where do we get our news from, and how do we know that it's right, and how do we know that it's, they're, they're telling us what's right, and they're really following up because I feel like sometimes that's not what's happening. So that, that doesn't seem right. Do you ever have this sense that, like, like, like the things that, that our world and our culture values are, are just off-center, The sense that 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 our priorities aren't quite right. You have this sense that that things are not as they should be. Are you with me? Martin Luther King Jr. said, um, "Injustice anywhere is a threat." to justice everywhere. And it is out of this great sense of injustice that Mary sings. Because her song is it is is sweet and gentle. It's the it's the sweet song of of a teenage girl, right? Isn't it? No need to look at that song again. Because Mary's song is a revolution song. It is a song about the reversal of, of fortune. Mary's song is packed with dynamite. Think about it. She's not singing of a sweet little baby all, you know, uh, swaddled in a manger. That's not what she's singing about. Look what she says. In her song, she says, he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation. He's done tremendous things. He's scattered the proud and the haughty. He's brought down princes from their thrones. He's literally, he is, he's played Game of Thrones and he's won. These are the jokes, people. He's exalted the humble, and he's filled the hungry. He's sent the rich away with empty hands. He's helped his servant Israel. He's remembered to be merciful. He's kept his promises. Look at her song again, and tell me this thing is not packed with absolute dynamite. It is a dynamic song. Sure, it's lovely, but but it is filled with dynamite. It's interesting to note. That even though Mary sings of her unborn child, she she doesn't use any past tense verbs. or, Or I'm sorry, she only uses past tense verbs. She never says, God will do this someday, or or sometime in the future, God is going to do this. At some place in the future, God is going to do this. Her words have this timelessness to them. She she speaks of the past, the present, and the future all at once, like, like this thing that has come, is come, and is still yet to come. He has. Has the child been born yet? No, but he has done great things, tremendous things, scattering the proud and bringing down princes and filling the hungry. Do you get this sense that in her song, what, what boils out of her is God's desire to, to not just turn things on their head, but, but God's desire to... To face down injustice, to, to face down hate and hurt, to see the world, to, to, to all the things that don't make sense. In this song, Mary says, God is going to make things right. In this moment, in the child with inside her, God is going to, to right the wrongs. Do you get that? That sense you feel, like, oh man, I don't know, this just doesn't feel right. Mary's song speaks to that. And it's interesting, like maybe we could dive in. Like, okay, is he, he sent the rich away with empty hands, but he's filled the hungry. Is this about rich and poor? No, no, I don't think it's about rich and poor. I don't think it's a criticism necessarily of being, being wealthy or rich. I think it is about righting wrongs. It's about waking us up to injustice in the world again and, and for us not to be apathetic, but, but every situation that, that just doesn't seem quite right or doesn't seem good or doesn't seem fair, doesn't seem just, man, God has got a plan for that. He's got an answer for that. He's sending his son to make things right again. In verse 51, he says, his mighty arm, Mary sings, his mighty arm has done tremendous things. This is a reference to that that horn of victory we talked about a a few weeks ago. He's raised this horn of victory. He's scattered the proud and the haughty ones. Haughty is a word I use all the time. Literally, it, it says he's scattered the proud in the plans of their hearts. Like, like, this is a moral revolution. Do you see that? She challenges and questions, hey, what's really valuable to you? What's really valuable in our world? What's really valuable in our culture? What are the things that, that our world lifts up because God challenges those things? And the, the question for us is, what are the plans of your heart? right what are the things that you desire really consider the plans of your heart do you desire what god desires think about it when you were making your 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 christmas list for santa Those worldly desires? Or is really the thing you desire what God desires? See, she's calling for a revolution of heart, a change in the way that we think, a change in inside of us of what we think is really good and important. She calls for social revolution at the same time in verse 52. She says, he's brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. Again, I don't know that this is necessarily, you know, against people in leadership or people in, in I guess, our equivalent would, would be government. But this is a change in the way we, we view people. Like, like, it's a way of getting rid of the, uh, ha- have you ever seen injustice in the classes? Have you ever seen injustice in a social system? Like some people are up here and some people are down here. I think she's calling us out on that. I think this song calls us out and says, call no man worthless. Don't you see that in scripture that every life is inherently valuable because God created that person. So it's not dependent on your job or your status, but to see every person It's valuable. It's a call for us to care for the oppressed everywhere. And if somebody's hurting, that's... We shouldn't be apathetic to that. We should be empathetic. Calls for economic revolution also. In verse 53... She says, he's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. I love this. What she says is, no one's left out. Right? In this thing that's going to happen here inside of me, in this thing that God is doing, no one is going to be left out. I love what Barclay said in reference to this. He said, in Christian society, Christian society, no one dares to have too much while others have too little. As we desire the things of God, it it is a desire to fill the hungry with good things. Constantly bringing about a revolution of God. Some have said the Mary's song is maybe the most revolutionary song in the world because it calls for change in every aspect of our world, in every aspect of our culture. It's a song of God's triumph, God's purpose and will being realized. It's a, it's a song about God's kingdom come. And, and here's amazing news for each and every one of you, because it's a song for everyone. You see that? This is a song for all people Everywhere. It's a song for the entire world. This song is good, and it's for everyone, and it's for you. So our world, our culture wants to make Jesus small. Have you seen this? So a world or culture wants to minimize Jesus, minimize his influence, minimize his impact. In in every, There's no aspect of life that, that this isn't happening. You know, even the, you know, like the attack on Merry Christmas, like you can't say Merry Christmas. Say, instead, what do you have to say? You have to say happy holidays. Well, holiday is from the word means holy day. So well done. You, you know, what do you say? Like, you know what I say? Like... We don't say Merry Christmas. It might offend somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like that's an attempt to minimize Jesus, to minimize his impact, to minimize his influence. You see it in our government too, right? Well, we need to keep, you know, church over here and state over here. Right? Like, what? How's a Christian you going to take Jesus out of one part of your life and just put him over here in this box and not How's that work? But our world says, "Man, we need to minimize Jesus let's make him small let's make him small in our workplace let's make him small in uh, uh, our, our marriages or, or, or dating you know like, like it's such a cultural thing of like man you can, you can come together and you can have a relationship and you can fall in love and Jesus isn't involved in that at all like what 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 about our colleges and universities you see an attempt to like make Jesus small there Man, the in in the priorities of our world. Do you see an effort to minimize Jesus and his influence and his impact? Mary has a song for that. Mary's song is called the, do you guys know what it's called? The Magnificat. I had to look it up. It's Latin. And it's it's from the, the very first words of Mary's song in Latin. And it means to magnify. That's the first thing she says. My soul magnifies the Lord. All right, all right. So, so to magnify something is to, is to, in contrast to a world that wants to make Jesus small, Mary says, my soul wants to increase him. My soul wants to blow Jesus up, to, to make him large. I want to put him on a, bilbo, uh, on a billboard. I want him on the jumbotron at the football game. My life, my purpose here is not to make Jesus small, but to make him big. Are you with me? Isn't that what Advent is about? Isn't that what this season is about? Now, I know it's hard because <laughs> I've been to the mall <laughs> and I've seen the traffic. Um,. I recently was at, uh, this is just totally random story, I was at Sam's and I had to get something in and uh, I had 33 items, but their machine was was messed up and I had to pay for each item individually. No Uh, no joke, no joke. Like I was like, God, I'm being tested right now. Like something's happening. So what, you know, I've got choices. I can blow up and I can be angry or I can magnify Jesus. We had a chance to magnify Jesus with, with water filtration systems and, and serving at the manger. And this week with just a few, you know, we're counting down to Christmas. You know, we're, we're filled with anticipation of what could come and what is come and what is yet to come. This is your chance right now in this place to magnify him. To sing a different song. Are you with me? To sing a new song, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. Here's where I want you to start. I don't often uh, give you uh, prescriptions. Uh, I'm not a good prescription teacher. I don't like, hey, take two of these. Call me in the morning. That's uh, I'm just not very good at that. I I'm better at the questions, and so so I love to pull pour kind of deep questions in you. But but today I want to give you. A a couple of prescriptions for this last week leading up to Christmas with with the intention of how do we magnify Jesus in a world that wants to make him small? How do we make him big? A couple of things. The the first thing I want to offer you as a prescription is to be still and know. Um, We used to sing this song, it's an old song uh, Be Still and Know. Uh, it, it was uh, some of the you know right, so our, our glass, Oh yeah, I know that song. Be still and know is is this idea of it's, and and it the prescription works this way. At some point this week, at some time this week, be still. Man, this season is all about hurry and rush, and even when your car to fill yourself, fill your your head with music and to fill your fill your how many calendars full. I challenge you that the busyness of this season is an attempt to make Jesus small. It is. Because if you're completely busy, then you don't have time to think about him. And if you're, if you're swamped in everything you're, you're doing, you'll never see the injustices happening around you. It. it blinds us to the things of God. And so prescription number one for you is to be still and know. Maybe today, carve out a quiet, still place. Silence your phone. Here's what I know when you pursue silence, God always shows up. It's true. And what's going to happen is, in your attempt to, to be still, if you actually take this moment and you, you just find a quiet place and a still place and you just pursue this quiet moment, what's going to happen is physically your body is going to stop, but it's going to be like a car wreck. Your brain's going to keep going right out the windshield, right? Like your body's going to stop, but you're going to keep going. So you got to be still even a little bit longer. Be still and just reach out to God. Maybe start with Mary's song. Mary starts, basically what Mary sings is a song of everything God has done. He has done great things. He shows mercy. He's done tremendous things. He's scattered the proud. He's brought down princes. He's exalted the humble. He's filled the hungry. She sings out all of these things that God has done. And so in your still moment, make your own he has list. You got it? God has done what for me and sing that song Sing to him So prescription number one Be still and know make a he has list sing it out to him And then the the other thing the other part of this is uh, I would challenge you To be merciful if you look uh, in Mary's song, mercy is this incredibly important theme. And uh, maybe another way to translate it is not mercy, but compassion. Practice compassion. Co- practice mercy this week. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in a, uh, a situation at work. Pursue compassion because nothing is more evident of God coming into our world, crashing into our sideways values than the value of mercy and compassion. But that's not going to come out of busyness. You understand? Like like your capacity for compassion isn't going to be able to come out of a busy, full schedule. That's going to have to come from a be still in no place. Are, are you with me? So this week I challenge you to be still and know. Um, you got time for w- another wild story? All right. So this is this is unscripted. You guys are doing awesome. Just keep going. Got <clears throat> the backup band. Um, so I was super convicted about this. Be still and know. And uh, uh, actually, yesterday uh, my family was was out of town. And it was just me, and and so my my head and my heart hadn't been a hundred percent right. So. Uh, I made a decision to just, I'm going to go and be still and know. And so I went to Radnor Lake and it was 70 degrees. I do not know what to do. It was crazy. And uh, I'm just going to hike and I'm, I'm going to get to the, like, the furthest, most remote corner of Radnor Lake uh, of the trail. You, you guys know what I'm talking about? So in the middle of nowhere and it was super overcast and it was rainy and no one was out there. And I went to the most remote corner of that trail and just con- compelled, convicted of, hey, I need a moment of stillness. I need to be still and know. I just need to be silent before God. I need him to, to create some space for him to do some work in my life. And uh, I, I just picked out this bench and I, and I was just sitting there and it was super windy and cold, but it was quiet and I was being still. And you know, I fight my fidgetiness and I fight my desire to check my Facebook status and to, oh, I'm tweeting, be still and know. You know, like I, I'm fighting all that. <laughs> And here I am. I'm, I'm sitting on my bench just, just trying to be still and know. And uh, I sat there for about an hour. And uh, this guy came hiking down the trail, which is, you know, that's fine. I was like, hey, hey, being still and know. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he, he hiked past me. And he was gone for, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. And, and I'm just here. I'm in my moment just praying, thinking. And uh, then this guy comes back. I'm like, oh, awesome. Axe murderer. This is going to be great. <laughs> Here I am. And uh, the guy kind of, you know, he does this thing. He, he just kind of tentatively approaches me. And uh, he said, I, I was just hiking along. And, and, and I don't know if you ha- I don't know you. I don't know if you have a faith or not. but But God said that I should come back and pray with you. So is it okay if I pray with you? No joke. So I'm like, no, I don't believe in prayer. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm like, so, uh, no, I was like, man, I'm a pastor. And he was like, ah, oh, who am I, you know, like, I, you know, who am I to deny what, what the Spirit's doing? Who am I to deny how he moves and when he moves? And so this guy, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe an angel named Paul. This is a really nice guy. I just sat down and we talked for a minute. He just put his hand on me and he just prayed for me. He didn't know me. He didn't know. He didn't know my situation. Man, his prayer was was so perfect for for me and where I was at and, and what I needed to hear. I I think that's what happens when we, like I said, when we pursue stillness. God always shows up. God always finds us. And so I challenge you, like I said this week, man, uh, uh, um, I don't know if I can engineer someone to show up and pray for you in just that right moment. Uh, I challenge you to be still and know. I challenge you to consider He has list, a past, present, and future. What has God done? How is He moving? Where is He moving? And let that compel you and drive you to this this spirit of, of being merciful and compassionate. And may you... Magnify him this week. May you make him big.